Okay, you ready? I am. <laughs> um, all right, this is Nijonia and this is 60 Seconds Spark, episode two with Tony Baso. <laughs> Okay, so I wanted to uh, follow on from the last episode, but then starting with the interview process of just talking to interesting people about regular everyday things, Um, but everything tying into themes of leadership. So for today's episode, I really wanted to focus on some leadership themes that surround some things like loyalty, discipline, and mindset. Um, I've only prepped one of these questions with Antonio prior to this, so I guess we'll see what your unadulterated thoughts are about some of these things that I have written down. Let's do it. Um, okay, so first of all, let's get a little bit of a background. Who are you? What, how old are you? I'm 34 years old. Okay, what do you do for your job? I am a engineer, United States Marine Corps, Chief Warrant Officer. How long have Two. you been in? Oh, excuse me, sorry. Three select. <laughs> How long have you been in the Marine Corps? I've been in the Marine Corps for 15 years and some months. 15 years? Some months. 16. So, how old were you when you got in? I was 19. Hmm. Straight out of high school? No. To college first early you know smart uh, okay <laughs> okay uh okay so where does leadership rank in your life i guess in terms of how often do you think about it i don't personally think i think about leadership okay uh as a single entity i guess i think most of the things i do could be contribute to leadership, but I don't think of it like that. Uh, so I never, I don't think I ever sat down and be like, "Oh, this is leadership." I'm thinking about leadership right now as we speak. I don't think I've ever done that. But uh, a lot of things I do do and I've done, I think from the outside looking in, people would assume like, "Wow, that is a good leader. He's doing great leadership things." Okay. So you're more of an embodiment? I, I, I think so. I think that's the, personally, I think that's the best uh, best leaders are the ones that embody leadership. And uh, they just don't run, they don't really worry as much about am I being a great leader rather than actually taking action and doing it, like if that makes sense. Yes. Okay. I wanted to talk to you about mastering crafts so you started a business recently well i guess a new venture drop shipping venture okay so you didn't know anything about how much did you know about drop shipping i knew zero about it and that was how long ago three weeks okay so <laughs> in three weeks how how much do you would you say you know about it now uh on a scale of one to ten i would say probably like an 8.5 wow I say 8.5. Above average. Above average. I think it's 85 on the Scottish scale. Okay. I mean, 8.5 is pretty high. So you went from zero to 8.5. How do you do that? 
Uh, because I'm the why kid. I believe I'm the why kid. Like, why is this happening? And I need to understand concepts. So I sit down and I feel, like you said, mastering something. I feel like I master a concept before I move on. So I need to know not, oh, we need to take, for my business, we need to take this one product from this location and sell it to the consumer. I need to know how that whole logistic chain needs to happen and how can I do it myself before I give it to someone else and say, hey, you need to do this. So I need to know what I'm doing as a leader before I give it to someone else and tell them to do it. Okay, so if somebody else was starting to try to do something like this or really anything that they don't know about, why do you think that so many people fail? Uh, I think that uh, a lot of people are impatient and they want the quick results when it comes to a lot of things. And also they they, they want shortcuts as well. So shortcuts. They don't want to consume all the information and then produce a quality product. So I don't feel like reading all of this. So I don't feel like looking at these two hour long YouTube videos or even though 80% of it may not relate to you, 80% of it may be wrong, but it's still 20% of the information, whether it's in that YouTube video, that book, that Wikipedia page, that you probably can go down to the references and pick up the actual facts out of it. So I just don't think people are taking the time. They see the end state, the shiny button at the end, or the gold at the end of the rainbow, but they don't feel like running across that rainbow, if that makes sense. Hmm. Why do you why are you like that? That's an outstanding question. Let's pause for a minute so they think about that. that that's a good question. Like I don't know why I'm like that. Wow. Yeah. Four questions in and I've got you stumped. Yeah, I don't I don't I don't know why I'm like that. I would just say like I like I said, I was the white kid. So I think that's oh, here we go. So I was a white kid, but also I was always told to be quiet. Mm. So they was like, why is this and why is that happening? And I was like, a whoever, adult, adult, why is this happening? They'd be like, shut up or be quiet and stay in your place. Stop talking to adults. So I think I feel like from that, like if a superior or someone older than me didn't want to give me the answer. Like I had to seek it out myself. So basically I was answering my own why basically in so many words, because someone I felt that was more knowledgeable than I was, didn't want to give it to me. So I had to do it myself. So that, I guess that developed over time. Uh, now I don't seek the expert on it as in one person. I go forth, do the research as well as seek the expert, like, hey, what do you think about this? All right, I'm going to take whatever you're saying with a grain of salt because I'm going to do my research as well. So you think you grew up into this, like a generational thing? I don't think generational because I don't think anyone else like this in my family. But can't you be a start of a generation? I absolutely can be a start of a generation, as we know, T3. <laughs> but... uh Yes, so if you would you want to go in that aspect, yeah, I could be the start of generation, and I think yeah, I'm teaching, teaching people that, in my my ancestors, I guess, I mean my offspring, as you would say, descendants. Yeah, descendants. There you go. 
So yeah, I think I think I grew into it, product of my environment, they would say. Do you think that's something that's unique to you or people that grew up in that fashion or take that away from their childhood? I I believe it's unique to to me. I I think it's unique to who I am. I don't I don't think everyone took it that way. A lot of people take it, they just be quiet and like if they're a white kid, because I did it for a minute. I I was like in class. I was <clears throat> I didn't ask questions when I didn't understand anything. I just shut up and I just dealt with it. And then actually, what happened? I went in. I was in this one class. I was in fifth grade. Wow, I was in fifth grade and a teacher, and I didn't understand something. And the teacher's like, "Oh, you don't understand this?" And I just looked at her, and I was like, "I don't," but I didn't want to ask questions because I didn't want to get shut down, basically. Mm-hmm. So she was like, oh, you should always ask questions. So then from that actually stemmed, which probably added to the way I am, that stemmed when I started asking questions and they started breaking stuff down and I'm doing research myself, I found out that I was actually smart. <laughs> so I wasn't average. <laughs> yeah, so uh, so from there, like I just, you know, from before then I just went with the motions. I didn't understand, kept going, like whatever. Like I didn't understand, I get a C on that, whatever. And then like with the teacher, it was like, hey, you know, you don't understand, you need a nice question, raise your hand. So I start raising my hand, start understanding stuff. That in return, skipped a couple of grades. I skipped one grade. Really? Yeah, I skipped grade one grade, skip? I think sixth grade. I got put in like all seventh grade classes, pre-algebra in seventh grade. Pre-algebra in sixth grade, but seventh graders. Mm-hmm. So all my classes went with seventh graders. So technically, I skipped. So I graduated when I was nineteen. Oh, wow. Right. So seventeen, I went to community college, and then went to college. Graduated high school sixteen and seventeen. Then went to community college, which gave me the credit, so I can go to college early. And then went into the Marine Corps. Went into the Marine Corps. Okay. So I guess. That seems like it's a lot of, like, an automatic way that you think now, 34-year-old. One month from 35. Antonio Tyler. Um, So, if you were to think about this in terms of, like, discipline, like, if you, because you're always helping people, right? People who don't know stuff, they ask you some wild question, like, how do I do this freaking homework for that one finance class yeah finance class girl and you just figure it out do you see that even as something that lays into having discipline to do that or is that just something that's automatic for you so it's just what you go into uh i think that goes back to uh people wanting a quick fix like if you so instead of a quick fix and also looking at problems in different ways different glasses i would say like Different people glasses. So if I see a problem, I don't, I can't fix it. So let me relax. Let me step back and look at it a different way. And a lot of people don't like to go all the way back to the beginning of the problem as well. So if I'm, I can't fix this iPad or whatever Apple product. Uh, my sisters call me all the time to fix their product, and I'm not there. And I just say, all right, I do. I don't want to know what you did. I'm going to do everything from scratch so I can have a better understanding on actually how to fix that. And I think that's with people that want, hey, can you help me with this? Can you help me with that? They just did one thing 
and uh, they didn't do it with detail as I would do it, I think. So I think it's more me automatically, automatically thinking like that, and it's a process that I developed from a younger age. That's, so it's automatic to me already. Mm-hmm. What do you think that people are lacking? So yes, they want the quick fix. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's that's like the age that we're in, of like social media and short attention spans. Uh, and having this one click buy on Amazon at two in the morning stuff going on. So what what do you think that people need to do to get around that? First they're gonna have to want to get around it. Mm. Wow. And then I think they have to pay attention. They have to analyze their self, uh, and look at their self like, you know, what uh why is this not working for me? And instead of saying, it, oh, it can't be done, or I'm just going to do it later and not having the patience to sit out and just block everything out because it's a, uh, we don't have a lot of tension. Our attention span is short, because, like you said, because of social media. So when normally when I have a problem, and I just advise a lot of people to do the same, like I see the problem. Oh, you know, I get irritated right away and then I calm myself down like, what? What is this? And then I just calm myself down. I start off from the beginning and I block everything else out. I don't I don't get irritated and stop. I think a lot of people get irritated and stop. And they're like, whatever, I'll leave that for later, procrastination. Is that a bad thing, though? That's not always a bad thing because they can come, they can relax. But we, we're talking about my mindset, how someone can stop it. That's the question. How someone can stop it. Mm. So it depends on, that's why I say you have to look at yourself. Like, I don't know your, I don't know everyone's approach to things. Mm -hmm. So you need to find out what's going to work for you. So if, if calming down, like even if I'm laying on the bed and I'm doing something and I get irritated, like I'll get up and I'll sit in a chair and it just, that little movement changed the way I, that can change the way you're thinking about something. Cause now I'm relaxed in the bed and now I'm sitting up, I'm sitting up right and maybe a little blood, more blood flowing in my brain or whatever that little bit of change did. It, you know, you can look at that problem in a different way. So whatever works for that person and they're going to find that what's going to work for them to change their mindset or change their approach to that problem. So like a growth mindset. Yes. With that in mind, what motivates you then? What motivates me to do what? Any of that. Four people? No, just the way that, just even just the seeking of knowledge or, I mean, how many times have we been on Google out here looking at random stuff? So I think all that, that is just, it just became a part of me when I was little. The why I need, like, I need to know, like, kind of like OCD, I guess, not in a bad way. Like, I need to know why that's happening. I need to know that process. I need to know, for example, I wanted to know why we said goodbye. Like, it's just something weird. Like, where did goodbye? If you break down goodbye, like, why are we saying goodbye? Like, it didn't make sense to me. Right. I need to know anything. And also, I actually believe that comes from uh, not accepting the first thing. Just not, ex- you give me something and I'm like, all right, it is what it is. Like, I don't accept stuff like that. I think that's that's a big thing with me as well. Like, okay, you... This is X, Y, and Z. Okay, why is this X, Y, and Z? Or why are we doing this like this? Oh, because we always did it. Mm. 
The worst thing, the worst thing in the world. So that is, and I think you peel that onion back, as they say, that is the same thing. Like, I'm not going to, whatever you present to me, I'm not just going to take it. Like, you give me this cheesecake. Like, okay, how do you make this cheesecake? What's in this cheesecake? You, I'm about to eat the cheesecake. Where did you make it? Did you wash your hands? Where the gloves at? <laughs> like, your kitchen don't look that clean. So where did you cook it at? So I think it's the same kind of concept of knowing the why. goes all the way back to the why kid, I think. Does it bother you to not find answers? Uh, no, it doesn't bother me to not find complete answers. Mm. To not find the answer, period, yes, I will seek that answer out. But I've found like 80% like answers. Like, okay, I accept that. Like, I see that. I see why we did that in the Marine Corps. Uh, I see why we did this. Uh one of the things I can say the eighty percent uh was the is the blood stripe in the Marine Corps. Like everybody say battles report the pack. Antonio A. Tyler found out that was not true. Yes. Went to museums, talked to a couple of people and it was adopted from the army. It went away and it came back. But that's just another thing and with history, people just giving it to us and you just accepting it how it is. And mm-hmm. that wasn't that wasn't the whole truth. So the eighty percent, like I said, that I didn't get the full answer on why we wear the blood stripe down our service down our dress blue trousers, but it was like a eighty percent like this is historically factual why we wore it because we adopted from X, Y, and Z. Now how did it get the width or how did it get the color? And stuff like that is still up in air. So I, I would say that was not 100%. But not the bottle of Chipotle pack. Thank it you. was a sad day, by the way. When you found that out? When I found that out, that was a sad day. I mean, it's a pretty cool piece of Marine Corps folklore. That's a good way to say it, yeah. folklore. It's the same thing about the quadrupurls. But anyways, um, so... You have a literal why that drives you. You know, people are like, oh, what's your why? Like, figure that out, and that's what drives you and your purpose and all this stuff. So if your literal why, like, needing to know why, drives you, what do you think, if people are struggling to figure out how to kind of have this mindset of, not just even just a mindset of growth, but just a mindset of wanting to master a craft or wanting to do better, but not having that intrinsic motivation. Where does that come from? Where do you find it? I would say, and I always say this, uh, I will put myself in the room with people that you want to be like. Because mm. your environment is, I feel, have a strong impact on you, who you are. So you hang out with five rich people, you're going to be the sixth rich person. Same thing. You find, hang out with five great leaders, you're going to be the sixth great leader because everything they're doing, you're going to mimic without you even knowing. Like you're going to, you're going to mimic them, whether it's good or bad. The same thing. You hang out with five people who just don't want to do anything with their life, you're going to be the sixth person until you get taken out of in that environment. Like I re- say about the back on the block mentality like no one knows 
no one knows what's out there because they're hanging out with everyone else that don't know what's out there mm-hmm. until they go on a trip or they step out of their comfort zone or the on the block and they realize like wow I didn't know that I could do this I didn't know that I could get this scholarship to go to school I didn't know I can go to a a military academy like I didn't know any of this because I was just with the same people that's interesting that you bring your circle into it so if we talk about relationships in terms of the people you have around you interpersonal relationships how far does loyalty go with you or around you or do you even are you just like a lone sailor on a ship here I'm a marine by the way but uh, uh, you're in marine the on the ship you're a naval officer uh, I, I I pick and choose I personally pick and choose who I call my friend that is a big deal. A friend, the word friend is a big deal to me. I do not know why it's a big deal, but it just is. Uh, so when it comes to someone being loyal, uh, I feel sometimes I look for someone to prove that because I feel like I'm going to be loyal either way. Like it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Like I will. Even if I just say you are my associate, I'm still going to help you out with things. Like you stated before, like I'm going to help you with your problems or whatever. But then if I have to, some simple, and this is a simple example. Like if I give you a cookie Monday and, uh, oh, let me have the chocolate chip cookie. And I'm like, oh, here you go. Take this. I have two. Take this one. And then Friday, you have a cookie. And I was like, oh, can I get that cookie? And you frown your face up at me. And you do all above and beyond, above the call of duty, not wanting to give me that cookie. Like, I'm taking notes on all of that. Now, if I have to remind you that I gave you a cookie Monday, like right there, even if you give me the cookie, like, you're still done in my book. Mm-hmm. Because why do I have to remind you? Why do you, I have to do something for you in order for you to do something for me? Right there, you're no, you're no longer going to be considered, quotation marks in the air, to be my friend. Because why do you have to do that? Like, my friend should be somebody that is literally, uh, as they say, I don't know who they are. It should be literally someone you chose to be your family. Like, hey, this is my family member. I choose you. And that's how I kind of look at it. Like, if you don't want to give me a cookie, like, what else? What's happening behind closed doors? That's a pretty high jump, friend to family. I think that's what friends are. All the people that you consider friends, you also consider your family. Yes. I can count how many friends I have on my hand. Wow. It's like four. (laughs) I think it's four. Wow. Now, everyone else suggests you may be a strong associate. A strong you you're going strong as an associate but everyone you you never know what people talking behind your back just around you because they feel like you're that person you're that person that i need they can to, do something for you exactly remember the five you're the sixth person they could be using it in the negative way like all right i know this group can do something for me but soon when they do what i need i'm gone 
I'm not contributing to this group. I'm not doing anything with this group. All right, this group can step, put me up a higher social status than I was before. So I'm going to latch on to this group or this person. Or I would have been, or that person could have been, <clears throat> I'm going to latch on to Antonio because he, it, he is the alpha of this group. Alpha don't really exist, by the way. Alpha of this what? group. Alpha of this group. So I would like to be the alpha of this group or alpha in another group. So I'm going to mimic his behaviors to take it and social engineer it in another group. What do you think about social engineering? Oof. So social engineering can be good and bad. Give us a definition first. So I believe social engineering is catering your behaviors. That could be all the way from talk, walk, accent, mannerisms, mannerisms, anything, to fit the need of, to to appease a group of people. So I would say a good uh, definition or example of social engineering is like going to another country and I, I wouldn't say changing your whole behavior like mannerism, but you, you're adopting to that country's like uh, culture and you like try to learn their language and X, Y, and Z. So now you, hey, you're in there. You, you're trying to blend in with them because you want to experience that country. And most people do that. Or just like you're, you're like with, uh, what if I say, other than the country. You think it falls sort of into like code switching? Like when you're at work? With your friends, I personally don't do that, so I cannot speak on that. Like I'm the same person. I and that goes back to if you want to speak on relationship leadership. Uh, I I hate when personally when people are not transparent. Mm. I personally, so I personally am always transparent. Like I am this person. Like, it doesn't matter if you're a general or you're a PFC. Like, I'm going to speak to you the same exact way. I'm not saying it's disrespectful, but it's like, I feel like everyone are the same. So they should look at me. I shouldn't switch. Like, oh, I'm going to switch my way. I'm going to talk to the general. Well, now I'm going to switch back and I'm going to talk reckless to this PFC, this E2. And I'm not, now I'm not saying I'm not going to be professional. I'm not saying that. I'm just like, me as the Marine leader that I am, I'm not going to switch. Whatever I'm going to say, I'm going to say it no matter who's around, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Okay, so back to social engineering. Mm -hmm. You said the good way. Oh, the good way was the country's example. The bad way, I feel, for example, we're going to give an example of said named person, comes to a group, walks into a group, they pay attention to the group, and then they form their behaviors off of what they feel <clears throat> like the group is going to accept. Okay. And then they do that. Then they go forth. They go forth and as they talk trash about the group and telling all the business of the group or whatever with this with said name group. Uh, and then when it comes to light, they act like they that never was said or whatever drama they brought 
was never said. And they're there just to make their self look good. They're all about this, their self. That's that's the main thing with me, at least. You're, you're all about yourself. And with leaders, we shouldn't be about ourselves. We don't, they don't work for us. We work for them. And I said that multiple times to people and they never understood what I was saying. So I'm like, how, how are you working for me? And they give their explanation why they work for me. I'm just like, no, I work for you. You have a problem. I go forth and do things for you. You needed something done. I do that for you. You have to take lead. I'm making sure that's happened. If something will happen in your family, I will make sure that happens. So I'm writing something on you. Like, how are you? I'm working for you. What do you mean? So you would say that social engineers in the in that negative example that you gave mm-hmm. are inauthentic? Is that, do they yeah. lack transparency? They absolutely lack transparency because you don't know. And that's back to the bad way. Like, you don't know who they are. Mm. That's the thing about it. Like, you don't know who they really are. Like, you, you even said everyone even here, like, come to me the same exact way. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like I'm an angel, for one. And like, 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 <laughs> and wow. people feel, I think people feel like I'm genuine. Like, I am. Like, this is this guy. And, like, multiple people have said it. Uh, Rich has said it. One of my friends, Marine Chief, one officer three, thank you. He said, like, I did not, from the day he stepped off the plane, like I was the same person. Like I have been the same exact person. And I actually hold true to that. Like that is someone I feel a lot of people should be like, even you could be shady, but just be that same person. You can be a bad person, but just be that person. Consistent with your yeah, character. Consistency is key to here. <laughs> consistency is key to leadership. So I know even if a bad leader, you consistently a bad leader. One Guess what? We know how to move around you. Mm-hmm. Or we know how to, one, probably fix you. So don't hide it and try to social engineer it. Maybe your peers or people around you can actually fix it because, hey, I'm bad. I'm a bad leader. So so with a social engineering piece, do you think that... <laughs> do you think that you... So you don't think that you're a social engineer? I No, I did not say that. Okay. Whoa. Oh, I, I did not say that. Do okay. I, well, not the best. Not sure, the bad sure. one. Not, I I think so. I know. I see what you're trying to say. That I'm I'm the same across the uh, board. Like being yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Yes, but I I think I'm more of a social engineer, as in the aspect of I back all the way back to the why kid. Mm-hmm. Like I want to know about different things. So like I will adapt to of culture. In that one. So if I go to Spain, like I want to know their culture, I want to speak their language. So I think in that aspect of social engineering, or even even if I am learning another another marine, like I'm learning another marine and their culture, mm-hmm. or speak to better understand them. So within leadership, like I think some people do, you do have to be. So I have to relate to that marine. Like I don't, I've never been. I never been to where Mexico, but I need to understand like the co- that culture and like how like if a Marine get in trouble as a leader, you're gonna be like, Oh, I'm gonna call your mother. And in that culture, like, they don't care. You call that grandmother, then they care. Mm-hmm. 
or or the African American culture, hey, I'm gonna call your dad or I'm gonna call your mom, depending on where they grew up or how they grew up. You gotta decide who you're gonna call. So I think in that aspect of being so interesting, you need to learn about your Marines, their cultures and stuff like that, hmm. and where they grew up, who to call. That's an interesting definition of it for the positive side. I don't know if I've ever thought about it that way before or thought to call it social engineering, more of just learning and understanding culture. I, I think it, it jumps over to social engineering when you are trying to relate to your Marine. So you're trying to embody his, his or her culture to relate to them mm-hmm. because they're having a problem and that you need to talk to them on their level. Right. So that's when it crosses over to social engineer. When, it, when you're just trying to understand them, that's what you're saying. But once you try to literally take on their coat, because I cannot get to this kid. Right. Like, what do I need to do? Like, you literally have to put yourself in his or her boots. Mm. You're literally taking on their culture. Empathy. Like, correct. Empathy. Okay. You are really good at managing I think is a better word managing your emotions especially with people with the people that are around you so it's really difficult for some random person I would say it's almost impossible for a random person to upset you would you you I agree verbally agree okay I would verbally agree (laughs) I was shaking my head um put that in the minutes with So with that in mind, and you know, I'm really into energy and like auras and vibrations and chakras and all that stuff. So where do you, how do you decide who gets your energy? And we were just talking about this. That's a good question. I think I do it automatically in my head. So I would have to think, I think I just look at the problem and I, and I'm quick with analyzing problems, I guess, real mm-hmm. fast in my head. So I'm just saying, okay, this problem, how is it going to affect me in the long run? It doesn't need to get solved now. Even if it got so, if it, if I did solve it, like, what would it do for that person or do for me? Like, if it's not, if, if I come to conclusion, like, okay, whatever, it's not even going to really matter in the next ten minutes. So I mean, I don't have time to deal with it. So I think it's depending on. Is it going to matter in an hour, I think? If that makes sense. Like, mm-hmm. is this going to matter in an hour? Like, not really. So why would I waste my energy and I could be doing something else? Watching YouTube. Learning about dropshipping. Right. Okay, so I don't know if that answered the question. I'm not sure if it did either. I think automatic. Like I said, automatically I just... It's in my head. I can see, like, it does matter. No, click, and it's, and that's it. Like, do do I need to solve this? Do I does this emotionally need to affect me? And also, I've been through a lot as well. So some things I rack and stack of importance, like from up here to down here. Like I've done with worse. I have dealt with worse. So why should I even bother with that? Don't have don't have time for it. It's gone. Do you think that people who haven't had to deal with significant trauma can learn to master something like that? Yes. How? I think we all learn from other people. And I think that's what a, that's basically when people say, oh, you need to learn from history, blah, blah, blah. 
I mean, to break that down simply, it's just let other people <laughs> make the mistakes and you don't do the same thing they did. Mm-hmm. So I think you can take that concept and take it. If someone had, take it, if I can control my emotions, uh, something small to me is something big to you. I think you, if you know my situation, you know that person's situation, you can just relate it to, hey, if this happened to me and you just take on my situation, mm-hmm. this is what's happening. Like I hurt my toe and it's devastating. I fell on the ground while I was running. Exactly. I fell on the ground, scarred my knee, bleeding. This is devastating. But, and you all put it in perspective, is it really devastating that I can just, because I can just solve this problem easy. So in, if Antonio, shadow Antonio, was in a situation like, what big of a deal? Remember your group, the five people. Right. So you're learning all of this from them five people in your group. Like if Ted Danson, I don't know, first name that came to my head. <laughs> <laughs> if he, if he, 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 deal, he has done, dealt with all types of stuff, cancer, his mom died. He, he was there when Tupac got shot. Like, all types of stuff. On the scale of all of that, is it really going to matter that I scarred my knee and now I act like I can't go about my day because I'm bleeding? That's what alcohol and a Band-Aid on and keep on moving. So I think you can learn from other people's mistakes and other people's stories to make break it down simpler. Other people's stories. And like, all right, this guy, here we go. For example, I, I'm glad that came popped in my head. I was in Iraq. I was walking across. What year is this? 2004. (laughs) And I'm walking across the lot. And I was like, it's hot outside, 120. My legs are tired. And I was just like, man, I'm, I was just, I, me personally, I was devastated. But then out of nowhere, I popped in my head like, man, it's people out here that just got their legs blown off. And I'm crying about walking across the lot. Right. So I just basically kindly shut my mouth and kept on walking. And basically that's how I compared it, basically. Like, why am I crying about this? Like, I'm walking across the lot. It's hot. Okay, get over it, basically. So if you had one solid piece of advice, would it be to look at the big picture? If you had to concisely wrap it up into a box. Look at the big picture when it comes to leadership or when it comes to relationships? Energy work. Oh, we're talking energy. energy. So when it comes to energy, I would... I would say look at, I would say step out of your body Mm. and look at the big picture because your big picture is not always the big picture. Wow. That was good. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. I actually don't think I've ever heard you explain it that way before. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. That's what happens when I'm on a podcast. What? Oh. Deep. All of a sudden, more flexible with your words? Yeah. Okay. Yes, I shook my head. Yes, sorry. Thank you. All right, so. Part two in two weeks. Yeah.
if we were to wrap it up now with themes of the, so I mean we talked about relationships your thoughts on loyalty sort of discipline I guess it's not so much a discipline I would say it's so so much a part of like your automatic brainwave thoughts to kind of delve and deep dive into these things that you want to do and I know that we've talked a lot about this concept of like you not thinking that there's anything that you can't do mm-hmm. so Absolutely. that just doesn't seem I mean it is applicable but I think it's like embedded inside of your already like your code yeah but I think it, it has to do with discipline but it was at an early age mm-hmm. with so the discipline the discipline turned into a part of me. So it's still discipline. It was just embedded earlier than most, I believe. So it's still discipline because at a, a 10-year-old or 11-year-old thinking like that. Right. Absolutely had to be disciplined. But now it's just like second nature, which is the reason for discipline. So you can react without thinking about it mm-hmm. or without second-guessing. That's why you we drill in the Marine Corps. What's drill? Drill is marching, the old school uh, fighting techniques. We turn into ceremonial drill, so all civilians can love it. Silent drill team, Marine Corps, look it up, you too. Okay. So final thoughts on leadership. On leadership, I believe that um, everyone can learn from their subordinates. And I think that's the main thing that leaders forget, that they feel like that 19-year-old kid <clears throat> or whatever kid can't tell them anything and they can't teach them anything. I've fixed many of problems. I've had pretty of, plenty of answers from that 18-year-old kid. Uh, also, I think leaders should actually care and not care about their who they're leading and not be a boss just telling people what to do mm. uh, and then they we say it but I think people don't actually think about that you have the privilege of leading these people I think as long as you realize that and you put your pants or your skirt or your leggings on the same as they do and without them you are not a leader which is, should be written on a whiteboard. Without your guys, you are not a leader. Remember that. I think everybody would be all right. Wow, thank you. You're welcome. That was great. Follow me at Tony Beso on Instagram. Yes, okay. Antonio is on one social media platform. <laughs> well, that, I mean, there we have it. Thoughts on leadership. So... Episode two, that's really all that I wanted to cover was this great interview. I think that there are so many things that you can learn from people. Again, just going back to what Antonio was just talking about, of having people in your circle that you can continue to have conversations with that help you grow. It doesn't always have to be overtly like, hey, let's sit down and talk about leadership. And then it becomes that. But all of these themes, these things that we've talked about, social engineering and wanting to start a business and becoming entrepreneurs or just learning new things like all of those things tie into leadership themes which is 
overlooked, I think, because we don't call it leadership. And it's just kind of masked and underneath this thin veil of a place where we just aren't recognizing it for what it is. And so it's underdeveloped for that specific reason. Um, so that's really all that we have for today. Yeah, any last, last, last thoughts from our first spark guest? It's been great. It's been great. All right, talk to you all next time. Bye. <laughs>